Don't compare journeys. Your journey is your specific journey and you will be guided to the best way to get you where we go. I believe that right now is a great opportunity to leverage the power of voice. David Copperfield is a billionaire. Not a millionaire, he's a billionaire. And how did he become this? He tapped into something profound, which is the art of storytelling. Be on air. Powered by Podcast Farm. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Beyond Air. I'm your host, Kaylee Marks, and today we have Ari Rastigar joining us. He is founder and CEO of Rastigar Property, and he has earned a reputation as a thought leader in real estate with his innovative technology-driven investment strategies. I've had the honor of getting to work with him on a couple of projects, and, and this, this gentleman is making some serious moves, especially here in Austin in the, in the real estate uh, uh, space and he specializes in recession resilient real assets and multifamily real estate developments, building portfolios designed to reduce risk and maximize capital appreciation potential. Ari, thank you so much for making time, man. It's great to have you here. Hey, thanks for having me, man. What's going on? Yes, yeah, so much, so much. And we're talking, we're you know talking a little bit before we started recording about some amazing stuff that you're working on and how busy it's been for you. But I wanted to start with where you grew up. And I, I know the answer, but for my listeners, maybe you could talk a little bit about Austin and what what it was like and how much it's changed. Yeah. And I mean, I'm, I'm born and raised here. I mean, this is, I was born at Seton Hospital, you know, in Austin and it, this is, um, this is home. I mean, I, I went to middle school and high school in Dallas, went to law school down in San Antonio, um, with Texas A&M undergrad after going to a couple community colleges um, but growing up in Austin, I mean, this is a hippie music town, right? I mean, this is not the Austin, mm -hmm. of course, you know, we didn't have much money growing up. We didn't have much of anything growing up, you know, but watching Austin go from being a, um, a little sleepy kind of town with a music festival called South by Southwest, where once a year musicians would come and you're talking dive bar type, you know, vibes to being the new Silicon Valley. I mean, so this is a, you know, a transcendent change. And Austin is not a city, it's a town, right? I mean, so you can't, you look at Houston or Dallas or New York or San Francisco, those are major metropolitan cities that were designed to be major, major metropolitan cities. Austin is a town on steroids. Like this was never anticipated that this is what Austin would become, if that makes sense. It totally makes sense. And, right. And you, you phrase that perfectly. And so, and so I'm pleasantly surprised at how well it's been executed. And that's a testament to the city council people, the local government, to the mayor, and even, even the governor, and just the way that they've, you know, made zoning very difficult, still protecting the trees. You know, we have more than 200 public parks, which is more than any top 10 city in the United States. Cities built around lakes and hill country. It's beautiful, right? You know, but they've done it in a way um, that I'm seeing that community enhancement versus that dirty word gentrification, which nobody really wants to hear. Is there some areas that are gentrifying? Absolutely. Are certain people getting priced out of the markets? Yes. Um, but so much of it has been done well um, to cater to the growth in a sustainable way that's still true to the integrity um, or the ethos of what's made Austin, Austin. 
I, I really appreciate you bringing that up. And I would be curious what your perspective is on, on gentrification in our city, but in, in, in the United States. And what are some things that real estate investors and developers could be considering to be more aware of the populations and communities that, that might be priced out by their developments? How about having compassion? How about having some heart value? You know, like this is not just numbers on a spreadsheet. And we've said this for years, you know, it's, um, you know, as you build and obviously we're, you know, you know, we have seven properties we're breaking ground on this year, right? Most companies don't break ground on probably one every three or four years. We're doing seven this year. We're building 4,000 homes across the Austin MSA, not building office buildings, 600,000 square feet of industrial next to Tesla. That's not even scratching the surface, right? Condos in Phoenix, 1899 McKinney in Dallas, not to mention our acquisition platform. We're looking to do about 5 billion in acquisitions over the next 24 months. Um, you know, and I started this company with a $3,000 loan when I was at law school, <laughs> you know, but maybe you could share a little bit about that at some point. I just, uh, briefly, yeah, start, I mean, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, um, I was in law school. I'd got IAM. I was an English major, you know, I, you know, didn't come from a traditional finance, business background. If you ask me what I do for a living is I manage risk. I manage risk for a living, but in my heart, I'm an artist, you know? And so when we, we have in-house architecture, in-house design in this office. So we are designing these buildings. Yes. We're bringing in architects of record and other, you know, you know, strategic architecture design firms, but we are designing these projects. What we're doing in Kyle, Texas, which is 320 acres and building what we're calling futuristic suburbanism, we designed it in-house. Like, we built this stuff, you know? And so for me, um, it's never been about the money. Like, money and, you know, look, profit creates jobs. Profit drives the world forward, you know? And to me, that's not a, that's a dirty word. There's a way to be conscious about doing that stuff and respecting the past as you build the future, Okay. And, you know, respecting the land that you're building on, respecting the environment. And if you look at great artists of any generation, of any genre, you know, painters, they're respecting, they're, they're exemplifying and personifying and creating ways to express the environment that they're in. And so you can't read Charles Dickens and not understand what was going on, you know, in Europe during that time, like properly. You can't understand Picasso's certain eras, whether it's his blue era, cubism. If you're not understanding the, you know, the sociopolitical issues of Diego Rivera or any of these other great artists, you know, unless you know what's happening. And so, you know, we're at the, we're at a moment, a precipice, an inflection point, whatever word you want to use of the largest transfer of wealth in the history of mankind. When the baby boomers pass along their money to the millennials and the Gen Z, and I'm a millennial actually. Um, the core values are different. Mm-hmm. The way millennials and Gen Z think in this TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook era, just to whatever. I wrote an article for Forbes the other day about the Instagrammable moment, created experiential, you know, things because that's what they want. They change jobs where we change jobs more frequently than any other generation. And not because, you know, we don't have the bread. It's because the core values are different you know, care about community, care about carbon footprints, 
you know, care about community. And that's very, very important moving forward. And so gentrification bothers me in a, in a very visceral way, in a very deep way, that word bothers me because we have to find a way to, and this is something the private sector has to solve. This is, you know, we put this stuff on the public sector or the government or whatever, and that's just the wrong action. Should there be a healthy dialogue between the two sides? Absolutely. But this is something the private sector needs to have because the public sector, the government side is way too inefficient Mm -hmm. um, to do it. There needs to be dialogue. But, you know, the developers need to find ways to find those solutions, whether it's relocating people, you know, finding other, you know, cost savings mechanisms going, you know, whether that's through tax credits, whether I mean, there's a whole other way to look at this. But um, it's something that we're very, very sensitive to. Um, and um, there's enough room for everybody, man. There's enough room for everybody. Yes. You yes. know, and then that's and you have to keep that in mind as you grow. That, you know, that kind of brings to mind a little bit about what Rastigar has as a, as a, 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 co- a company structure, because you have a lot of your own family working with you. And that's what I'm hearing is you, you kind of see your community. You, you have this larger family and you're doing things in the Austin area with the, those deeper values. So maybe you could this talk a little bit about home, how you run bro. your company. Yeah, this is my home. It. This is my home. You know, this is my home. I mean, you know, and, you know, we've always treated this as, as, as a family, you know, and whether actual direct family members involved in part, certain facets of the business. Absolutely. I have a family member in basically every vertical of this business, you know, which is great, you know, but they're here on the merits, you know, they're not here because it's, you know, it's just family and it's nepotism. They're all smart, extremely capable and I'd hire them. If they were my family. If that makes sense. Right. Oh, like, yeah. so you have to make it on the merits and they all know that. And they know if you don't, if you don't cut it, you ain't going to work here. I don't care, you know, who you are related. That doesn't, you know, and that doesn't create the right culture either. You know, you don't want to show nepotism in culture. Anyway, we have a beautiful corporate culture. Everybody that works here is here because they want to be here. Um, they're excited. They have their own lanes. They have the, they have the ability to grow. And I always tell everybody to my like, um, kind of like middle management, you're all future CEOs. And if you don't become CEOs, whether it's under our, you know, global umbrella or in your own realm, I failed. Will you talk to me about scaling? Will you talk to me about how you, how you conceive of growing a company? Um, Growing a company is about the three P's people process, right? You know, more, more than anything. So they call it the three P's. That's the thing, whatever. But, but ultimately, you know, people to me is the crux. I, I focus more on the human element than any, than anything else. Okay. That is the whole thing for me. And if the team and the people are not cohesive, don't share core values, don't have a tribal sense, it's not going to work in the way that I need it to work. And remember, I'm an artist. I'm an English major. I'm a lawyer. I'm an attorney by trade, right? These, this is a, I come from that liberal arts background. I've always been able to do the math in my head. Anybody that knows me knows that. And I can do the math in my head. That's fine. We, we got way smarter analysts and stuff that can do, do the math. This is to me about that vision standpoint of what that means, but it's all about 
you know, we joke like we have, a, we have a ton of athletes and celebrities that invest with us, but our investors, as you know, are mostly public pension funds, family offices, insurance companies, you name it. That's the bulk of our money. We're highly institutional, but we also have some of the biggest entertainers on earth that invest with us, literally, like literally. And I don't say their, their names out of respect, but if I name three of them, they have number one hits right now on the billboard charts, top 10 on the top 10 charts, right at this exact moment, multiple of them, right? And so when I sit and I have those conversations, we share core values. We see the world the same way. And I and we need people that 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 want to move the world forward. They want to find ways to enhance community. And the way that you scale is bringing in those types of people um, that share your same vision, that shared a unified vision, because I'm not looking to be an MVP, dude. I'm a regular guy, man. You know, I'm right now I have my, you know, I have my Yeezys on, you know, here on the thing, wearing my Rastigar thing. You know, like I'm a regular dude. I don't got a Rolex on or, you know, I don't drive Ferraris. I don't, I do this because I love it. Like I do this because I love the process. I love the, um, I love the, you just, being involved in what that's going to, you know, the, the entire thing soup to nuts. And, and it's all about having the right people. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just so, and that goes down to investor relations, how you talk to your investors, how they feel about you. Um, the people that live in your apartment buildings, the tenants that live in your, like those are people. And that's the difference between our ethos that a lot of other investment companies per se is that we're people driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can feel that when you, when I walked into your office for the first time, just to feel that warmth, that um, the warmth of your community that you've built and getting to meet some of, of the people in your company, it, it's clear that that that's a value that you have there. And, you know, so you're also a father and I was talking you're to father you before, of three. you're a father of three, what to speak of being a leader in your company and, and in the Austin area. So I'm curious because you're you're definitely forward thinking and you you're innovating. How do you see this next generation? Like what advice, what tips, what guidance do you try and impart on them as they're coming up in this bizarre, very new uh, environment? Well, look, I first I want to say I'm highly optimistic about the future. And that's based on data. So my book comes out in June called The Gift of Failure. Okay. So I would, you know, so I penned a lot of this stuff down and ripped my soul out and really wrote down the worst things that ever happened to me and, you know, tools and mechanisms that I've used to help do that. You won't really hear about anything of the success that we've had per se. It's about the, you know, those blistering, haunting failures and bringing that vulnerability to light. But, you know, I've been very reluctant to give advice at this point in my life because, my only advice is listening to your inner voice. Like we all have something truly, and I don't mean that in a cheesy way. Like you have a voice, whether it's been silenced, whether you've you know tried to shut it down, whether you've listened to other people. Like I want this generation to listen to themselves, yes. listen to your voice, and and be like Nike. Just, Just do, do it. it. Just yeah. go do it. Just go do it. And, you know, if you, if you know the what and the why, like what you want to do and why you're doing it, and the why is comprised of contribution and growth, 
for your end user consumer, whatever that is. Like you're actually creating some sort of convenience or you're creating a better mousetrap or whatever it is you're doing. And, and your why is not egocentric. It's consumer-based. It's if I'm taking that Bezos, Amazonian approach of being obsessed with your consumer because that's really what he did right. Like up until about a year ago, he still took c- customer service calls one, once a, a, a month. Like we, he would spend a whole day and really, like, if you're returning your freaking mouse for $4, he was on the phone. He wanted to hear firsthand. And that was part of his genius was understanding his consumer. And, and, and Michael did it very well, you know, passed away recently, the CEO of Zappos. Um, I mean, Tony, I mean, uh, Tony Shea, you know, he, he did it really well. And that's really why a- uh, Amazon bought Zappos was being under you know, understanding corporate culture, um, you know, but just go do it, man. We need thinkers like this generation. They, they, they have hearts, they have minds. We have more startups right now than we've ever had in the history of mankind. And we need wow. innovation. We have, in, we have not innovated since, since world war two. And we had to, out of necessity, Tony Robbins says, you know, when you change, you change for one of two reasons, inspiration or desperation. And we are at a place where there's a lot of desperation. That's why this vaccine came out so quickly. Mm-hmm. The world united to put that together. This is the fastest made vaccine ever. And actually, you know, look, I don't want to get into any of the politics or any of that stuff of why to do it or not do it or any of that stuff. But I'm saying they did it. Right. And the world united to do it. Several companies, big companies that are major competitors shared information mm. for the world's benefit. You know, whether you take it or you don't or whatever your opinions are, that's none of my business. Like, but that's innovation. And so I want I want you to listen to your inner voice and I want you to go do it and forget about how. Like people are way too focused on how am I going to do that? That's none of your business. What and why? Hmm. What are you going to do? Why are you going to do it? And just go. Yeah. Just go. Like. Wherever you are, like wherever, if you're flipping, I was, I worked at Johnny Rockets in high school, bro, Mm -hmm. flipping burgers. I delivered Mm -hmm. pizzas in high school. Like, but I knew what I wanted to do and why. And my why was not about me. Mm -hmm. Outside of ourself. And it pulls you. Why pulls you? Why pulls you to something? The why is the purpose, right? And do you feel that if the purpose, if we're truly listening to our inner voice and we're truly on our purpose, that the profit will come? It's authentic, absolutely. Well, well, yes. But if you're on your purpose, the profit, the profit is a byproduct of creating value. You have mm-hmm. to create value. And if you're on your purpose and you're authentic and it's congruent, that's the thing. You have to have congruency of what your talents are. You need to know what you are. Like I tell people all the time, it's in the book. I say, I know all my demons by their first name. Mm-hmm. Let's, go in, let's, go, let's go into this for a second because this is, you're, you're a really valuable resource on this. You're, you've done a lot in your life. And uh, right now I believe that we need more male role models. We need more men talking about that, you know, the demons that we need to name. And so like, what is the role of masculinity for you moving into this next, in this next era that we're in? You know, look, how, how, well, yeah. This is a different age, right? You know, this is a, we're in a age of evolution and, you know, look, I'm half Iranian, half German. 
with a highly diverse team of all you know different races, religions, um, which I'm very very proud of. You know, and this is an age of womanism. You know, this is an age of where people have can choose whatever pronoun they want to express themselves. And to me, that's beautiful. I mean, I, w- I want expression. I want authenticity. That mm-hmm. is what I'm after. I don't, mm-hmm. I have no judgment on the content of what you are producing if it's authentic and congruent to who you are. Be you. That's what I want to see. And that's the, that's the only advice that I would give my younger self is that I wish I listened to myself earlier, not in a narcissistic way but in, in, in a loving way to myself of saying, yes. no, I'm good enough. Like my thoughts come from a place that are what, you know, they're mine and they're good and they're okay. And I'm going to fail along the way and I might screw up, but I want to listen to my inner voice versus trying to fit in with this crowd or fit in with that crowd and where this at, because everybody's wearing whatever. And like, like I, I wish I could go back to myself and say, Hey, it's, it's cool. If you like that t-shirt and, these people don't like do you mm-hmm. yeah be you it's, it's the it's like the most important thing is our self-talk I, as i get older i realize how detrimental it is inner dialogue, inner dialogue. i've worked with my life coach lauren zander who's a genius for 12 years about this and so i track my inner dialogue and write it down mm-hmm. and i have this these moments where i have my higher self speak to my to that negative dialogue and tell it to shut the fuck up. Literally like breaking the pattern, like finding yourself in that negative loop that we all do. It's a human condition and being able to have a moment to say, you shut up. This is what we're doing. Yep. Yep. So Knowing this is a, the, the first time I ever saw your, your mark, the mark behind you was on a, you have these billboards around town at the, at the properties. Maybe some of the properties are just lots at this point. And it has a Pablo Picasso quote on it. And I was hoping that you could share, uh, you know, we, we, as we wind down here, I was hoping that you could share uh, sort of the, the, the reasoning behind how that came about. So everything you can imagine is real. And I think that's such a powerful quote. So like, why did you choose that for your, for your brand message? And what does that mean to you? Well, what it means, it means something highly visceral. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's an emotional thing. So if you look at a lot that we're developing, you know, everything you can imagine is real. And I want people to see that and for their own, their themselves, like I put it there for myself and for the firm to think about whatever thoughts that they have, whatever their imaginations, our thoughts are things like how we think about things, our mindset. Um, I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of personal development and those things, which I'm a freak about, like whether it's seven habits of highly effective people, Tony Robbins, Dale Carnegie, I mean, you name it that I'm a, I'm a nerd in that, in that world, gold setting vision boards. I believe in all of that, all of that stuff, put it down, write it down, Set a goal because if you don't know where you're going, you're never going to get there. Mm-hmm. It's a GPS system, right? If you don't type in the right address into Apple Maps or Waze or whatever it is, you're not getting there. Mm-hmm. You're the best car, the best tires, whatever you want. You don't have the right address. You're never getting there. And right. so we made the everything you can imagine is real sign. The biggest one we've ever made on East 8th 
directly in front of one of the largest homeless shelter, like homeless camps in mm-hmm. Austin. And if you stand under that bridge and you look up, you have hundreds of, of homeless people, which I don't like that word either, because it's really not homeless. It's Unhoused. Yeah, it's actually houseless. houseless. Homeless is the, is the wrong word, actually. Um, that's another discussion. But I wanted them to to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what it's really thoughts? powerful. It's you know, really powerful. You, it's and, and that's for, that was for the people that are passing by. Is not for them to imagine what I'm going to do. That's something that I'm thinking in my mind. What we could imagine of this place, and we look at old buildings. We always say, "How can we reimagine this place? Not renovate it. We want to reimagine the space." You yeah, know, I get, I get your artist side coming through here with this, right? Yeah, well, that's, but that's Einstein. Einstein says imagination, you know, is the future of what your life. I mean, he's very clear that imagination is more important than strategy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he makes that you're talking to a scientist, to a physicist, talking about imagination being the most important element of anything. Like he, when he just, when he really understood the theory of relativity, he talks about how he imagined himself on the front of a light beam moving at the speed of light and put that in his head to figure out relativity. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted all of our passerbys to have that question in the back of their mind. If they had the thing of what they could imagine themselves to be, or they want to be in their own world and their own authenticity and their own congruency to be real and Mm -hmm. do it yeah yeah it's a huge point to to not just get stuck in our head waiting to make things perfect to do it you're in your head you're dead bro you're in your head you're dead perfect is not of this world you're after excellence get away from perfect perfect is bullshit excellence and excellence is a habit so you know i want to be really respectful of your time here i know we got to go soon but i'd love to just ask you a couple rapid fire questions the first is what is one book that you want all the viewers grow rich awesome thinking grow rich by napoleon hill if you haven't read it you can literally buy it for free on amazon use and just pay the shipping which is three dollars read it study it thank me later awesome awesome and please name your book that's coming out the name of my book is called the gift of failure and it'll be out in june awesome we'll put links in the show notes and then one podcast that you enjoy listening to that you'd like the world to to tune into as well man you know not to be not to be cliched i like joe rogan i like joe i mean i like joe and i like him he's here in austin and he's he's weird you know and i like tim ferris too yeah you know i like tim um you know, again, I don't agree with all the content, but the reason I like Joe is just because he's not scared to bring in just weird people. And I like weird, obscure, different thinking, different vantage points, strange points of view. I mean, I, I use those words, you know, in a loving way, not in yeah. a condescending way, like, you know, talking about from aliens to this, to that, to like, totally. and I Diverse. just like to be exposed to different because I'm a curious person by nature. And so I'll listen to though, you know, listen to Joe just to see what kind of bizarre perspective is going to be there today. And I'm not going to listen. I don't listen to the whole things ever. Like I'll just jump in, listen for 10 or 15 minutes, hear a couple things, mine for the jewels. And then, you yeah. know, and, and jump, I'm a reader. I'm not, I'm not really a podcaster as much 
Like I'm a reader. I've always been a reader. I like books. I don't read on Kindles. I like the dog ear pages and underline. Maybe it's the old school in me, lawyer, English major, but I like books. So I'm more like, that's my, also my, uh, my learning language. And that's part about that authenticity. Some people are more auditory. Some people are more visual. Some people are a combination of both. And I know how I learn best and absorb information and auditorily, although I'm a music head when I'm like, I need physicality. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And, you know, so I, I love the book recommendation, love Joe Rogan, love the clips that, that he puts out. What would you, this last phase, excuse me, this last phase of the, of the interview of the episode, I always ask people, I have a motto, which is amplify what you love, excuse me, which is amplify what you love. And so this is a, a moment and a space for you to amplify what you love, Ari. And, and this is just open air for you to broadcast whatever it is that you would like for the, for the listeners and, and whoever listens to this in the future. This is all for my kids, man. This is all for my kids and for my, for, you know, for my family. And that goes for my extended family. That goes for, you know, my, my staff or like my, my global family. That's what I love. And that's what I want to amplify. That's what I care about. I mean, right here, sitting next to my podcast right here is a picture of him. Yeah. Love it. You know, and like, and that family. Means, like I said, like the people that work here, the people, whatever, like I want, I want the best for it. I want the, I want a better world for them. And that's why I get up every day. You know, if I wanted to retire and just sell the portfolio today, I think I'd be okay. Mm-hmm. I think we both yeah. know that, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you, you're, you're choosing to continue on do this yeah, hard choosing, work. I'm because... choosing to continue on. It's not about me. Yeah. Like I, if I wanted to walk away now today and by most people's standards, I think I'd be okay. And I think you're pretty aware of that. You, you yeah. know, yeah, you know, yeah. we own, you know, what we have, um, but that's not what it's about for me. I'm not a money worshiper. And it's so interesting, right? How, how it, how it can work out when you're I'm not a, This trying. is a mission. We're on a mission. Yeah. We have a why. We have a why. We have a purpose. Um, and, and we'll get it done because it's not about us. We want the right answer. It, you know, it, I don't need to be right. Yeah. I want to be around believable people. I want the right answer. I don't want to be the MVP. Like, I'm not trying to just get the MVP award. I want rings. <laughs> I want championships. Yeah. 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 I'm hearing collaboration loud and clear. And the, and the collaboration, I, I need unity. I need diversity. I need harmony. Yeah. That's what I need. And if I have, and I need peace, I need peace. You know, and I've chose yeah. peace. I'm an attorney, right? My dad's my dad's a litigator. Like it's like the Mr. Miyagi. It's not saying that he's not going to kick your ass, but I'll walk away from that. It's not saying that I can't fight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> does that make sense? It, it those, does. Those yeah. are, that's the ethos of what we're talking about. No matter what we're doing, and trust me, real estate is just the beginning. Yeah. So this this is a space, everyone. I encourage you to go follow Ari, follow the Rastigar Instagram. They're posting amazing content, amazing things all the time. They're doing amazing things here in Austin. And check out the book. I'll put all this info in the show notes. And Ari, I'm so grateful for your time. Thank you for coming on and, and sharing some gems with my yeah, audience. Yeah, we'll be in touch, man. And I really appreciate you having me and uh, we'll be in good touch and um, we'll do it again. Yeah. Sounds good. Everything you can imagine is real. Let's Everything do it. you can imagine really is real, man. And I, if they don't take anything away from that other than anything, it just 
I know that voice is in the back of your head of anybody that's listening to this. Any person that hears this, whether it's six people, two people, or 10 million people, there's a voice in the back of your head. You know, Jack Welch used to say, and I'll leave you with this, like he'd walk around. Jack Welch was a visionary of management. Some of the younger people might not know he's the chairman and CEO of GE, um, a hero of mine. Um, he'd always ask, what business am I in? What business should I be in? Hmm. And whether that's like, what job do I work at? What job should I work at? Or what I want to, what's my dream? And my only hope is that you listen to that voice and you just go, Hmm. just go. Snaps for you, Ari. King Ari, it was great to have you, man. And uh, we will be in touch. Thank you for sharing and have a beautiful, blessed rest of your day. And, you know, saludos to your family. (laughs) All love, bro. Take care. Peace. Peace. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of Be On Air. I hope you enjoyed it and are now one step closer to turning on your mic and broadcasting your message to the world. Are you ready to start your own podcast and amplify your brand? Or are you struggling to get your show in front of engaged audiences? I can help you on your broadcasting journey. Get in touch with me and apply for a strategy session if you want to discuss your podcast idea. You can reach me at www.podcast-farm.com. I'm on all the social media. Until next time, my friends, I'm Kaylee Marks. Thanks for tuning in to Be On Air.